on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, October 11th. The LA Galaxy getting back in the groove, ready to face Portland Timbers over the weekend on Saturday. A huge game, lots of ramifications. We're going to go over that schedule, talk a little bit about that get you through some of those things look at the international players how much they played how much they haven't played maybe a worrying red sign flashing red sign maybe injury sign for jonathan dos santos we'll talk a little bit about that maybe not don't want to don't want to reveal too much at the beginning here but mostly we just want to get you prepped and ready for this week that is coming and obviously we'll have a show on thursday night that gets you ready for that portland timbers game but today it's more about some broad questions some broad answers uh and focusing in on those standings some, any other stuff we can sort of throw in there to help us do that tonight. He's back covering in for the Panda, who is away on international duty. That's what we do. We send Kevin away on international duty now. It's Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, how's it going, buddy? I'm great, man. It's good to know that I'm uh, the Panda's stunt man here, his stunt double, but uh, happy to fill in. Great to be part of the show. Uh, I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm ready for this international break to be over. Yeah, it's a it's a weird sort of stop start, weird thing that, like, uh, we talked to Jonathan Bond on Thursday night show. He was on our on our show for a little bit and we were uh, we were just sort of reminiscing with him about some things he's like no it's weird for me too he goes we it's like we're super rested we're ready to go we play a game and then by the end of the week we're tired again because it's three games in a week he goes it's a lot of resting and being tired and it throws things off and we're like the fans feel it the players are feeling it um another weird uh mls schedule this year and by the way i don't know how weird it is whenever we think about what's coming down the line but it feels weird this year it's so L.A., isn't it? Hurry up and wait. You sit around for like 10 days and then boom, three games in eight days. Um, keep your fingers crossed. Everybody comes back fit and healthy from international duty, too. Yeah, there's some questions about that, too. We'll, we'll do that. But first, let's let's check in. Listen, a lot of times on the show, we do not have time for personal check ins. Right. And yes. uh, and we we today there's not a whole bunch to talk about. I'm gonna, I mean, you know, listen, we're going to get an hour out of this. No problem. We'll have plenty to talk about, but we can take five minutes at the beginning of the show. And my favorite part, Christian, is that this annoys some of our listeners so much. Like they'll tell me it took seven minutes and 37 seconds to finally talk about the galaxy. I'm like, I, Hey, it's my show. I do what I want. Uh, but just how was your weekend? I, I know you were busy. You were, you were flying around like crazy man and, and doing all sorts of things recently. You were covering a whole bunch of games, right? Yeah, I, I do a little side gig where I do some rugby work on this side, doing some commentary in Denver, and I got caught up in the whole, as you and I were talking before we came on, in the Southwest drama, and that was uh, an experience I hadn't been a part of, but got home safe and sound, had a busy weekend of that in college soccer, 
Um, not as interesting as your weekend because I feel like I'm talking to the legendary Josh Guessman inside a very sexy lava lamp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I know. Is that the look you're going for? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I want everybody to be be totally freaked out about it. No, I, Christian, I spent this weekend um, perfecting the lighting here in the in the corner of the galaxy lair. Uh, that we're calling not so much the studio, it's the lair right now. Um, and so I have, uh, I now have 12 Ooh, just change color, yeah, 12 separate lights in here that all can be assigned a different color. Now, of course, I normally just have them in you know general colors and do things that I want to do, but I mean, there is a possibility eventually of you know having full on thunderstorms in here. I've shown you a little bit about, about that beforehand. Um, but you know, obviously, can change it up depending on what our mood is. So on Monday nights, we usually go tech green, so we got tech green. Uh, rolling tonight. So I did that. Uh, but really the highlight of my weekend was was two things. One, going to Lowe's looking for Halloween stuff. Uh, I don't know if everybody's aware. Uh, Lowe's has already switched over to Christmas. I, you, Christian, you know. Oh, this. yeah. Yeah. So they've already uh, already switched over to Christmas, um, which was great. So we went there for Halloween stuff and bought Christmas stuff, which, you know, doesn't really bother me. And my, my son uh, got to check out Christmas for the first time. And Judging by the fact that all guestmans love Christmas, uh, he was enthralled with Christmas. He was like, "This is my uh, this is my holiday right here." So uh, he liked that. And That's then I, so weird. It's so weird. It isn't. It isn't. But at the same time, I was like, "Do you really want to let this stuff go? Like, it's here on the shelf in front of you. Yeah. Like this sparkly light that I'm going to put into my you know my front porch. I need that now because what if they don't have it whenever I come back in like a month? You know, and it's and it's not there. So. Uh, big plans for Christmas this year, Christian. I, I think we're going with an outdoor railroad uh, in front of my in front of my place. So just I'm just I'm just saying that 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 might be in the works. So anyway, that's where I, that's where we're going. But how about you? What'd you do? That's what, exciting. Well, I, I did. I worked, but uh, I'm just floored away because I thought that Lowe's is a little bit behind the curve right now because I remember going into Costco on Labor Day and I saw the Costco guy like unboxing all the Christmas stuff yeah. like for the tree to put up yeah. on Labor Day. Yeah. Like they're jumping Halloween. It's they're time. jumping, you know, Veterans Day and, and Thanksgiving. It's time. It's time. It's uh, it's, it's time. I'm one. You can't you can't have Christmas too early for me. I'm one of those people. I have been singing Christmas songs. I'm for with the last, you. last like, you know, people hate this about me. I've been singing Christmas songs for the last three months. I'm like, all right, it's almost time. We're getting there. Um, so anyway, so that was fun, the whole deal. And then my my real big uh, thing that I did this weekend was uh, I changed all the toilet seats in the house. I'm going to tell everybody right now in the chat room, if you want to change somebody's life in a positive direction, change their toilet seat. Um, and listen, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you. Don't go with the plastic ones. The plastic ones are not where it's at. You need the wood ones. All right. They are solid. They're comfortable. Wood is hard yet soft at the same time. And whatever you do, do not get one of those soft ones, Christian, you know, like the ones that are like cushioned. Or something like that's just that's oh, wrong yeah. on so many so many levels. Do you remember the? I'm old enough to remember the shag carpeted covered toilets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't need to get those. And you know what? Though? I I would go with. I'm going to disagree with you on on the wood because if you have a bidet, oh. then you could possibly rot the wood, and then you want to go with the plastic. The the bidget. That's I I've I've heard about those. So so that's that's a that's a good time. Pro, pro. All I will say this is more than all the listeners need to know. Right. Game changer. Game changer. Well, being Kevin's not here, we can. They're game changer, all right? Oh, so there we go. Yes. Welcome to Panda and Pato's Morning Zoo. Pato. 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 And Panda. Panda. In the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. Yeah, there you go. That's the, yes. most, that's the most annoying drop that we have. So, uh, all right. How the fuck started. Yeah, now now we can now we can rock and roll. Okay, enough uh, enough check-ins. There we go. I think we've got covered everything. Only eight minutes and six seconds into the show, we have somehow survived awesome. all that. All right, uh, the LA Galaxy have seven players away on international break. Uh, we wanted to sort of touch on each of them, just because it's 
listen, there's this balance, Christian, and I always find this balance because there should be Galaxy fans should be like going, oh, yay, they didn't play. And then at the same time, it's like, well, why aren't they playing? You know, it's one of those uh, that you sort of have to sit there and look at. So we'll just go down the, the list that I have. Some did play, some didn't play. Um, Danilo Acosta is the first one and actually got a start um, against uh, yeah. Mexico in their 3 nothing loss to Mexico um, on the uh, the weekend game that they had. So uh, he only played 45 minutes, went the first half, and then got subbed in that uh, subbed out of that second half. So he was there in that first game they played against Costa Rica. He did not play, but was on the bench and was available. So Danilo Acosta usually doesn't get a lot of time with Honduras, actually got a start in one of their bigger games. Uh, it fell flat for them. And maybe that's why they, they rotated some players for that, for that middle game a little bit, knowing that they weren't going to be taking Mexico down anyway. Yeah, that's kind of a, I mean, you look at that one, you're like, Hmm. I mean, anytime you're subbed off at halftime, it doesn't look as though Danilo had the greatest of uh, first halves, but you know, they got, they got a big one coming up against Jamaica coming up on Wednesday. So maybe he can redeem himself a uh, chance to think things over. He didn't. I don't think he was at the game against Costa Rica. I don't think he played any either. So. Yeah, he did not play in that Costa Rica game. Correct. Yeah. So he didn't get yeah. that. Then there's O'Neill Fisher, who uh, did not play, but was on the bench in that two nothing loss to the United mm -hmm. States um, and then did play 90 minutes, started and went 90 minutes in the zero zero draw with Canada. So um, that was actually a, a big uh, game for Jamaica in that whole thing. They have not been playing well. They went and, and at least held Canada to a draw on that one. They will come up and face Honduras uh, coming up. Uh, midweek on that 13th. Here's a, here's another fun one. Uh, Nico Hamelainen plays for Finland. Uh, they yeah. are not in a three-game set um, over in, in Europe, so they're actually playing two games. Uh, he played in he played 30 minutes in a 2-1 loss to Ukraine on 10-9 uh, and has another one coming up. Let's see, what's today? The 11th? So tomorrow at 5.05 p.m. apparently Pacific time. Oh, excuse me, I jumped that one. At 7 a.m. Pacific time versus Kazakhstan. So it will be um, at Kazakhstan. Uh, Nico Hamelin and possibly get some time in that, but he came on in a sub in a 2-1 loss to Ukraine. So uh, he's an interesting one. He gets a lot of international time for Finland. Uh, yeah, but uh, I would argue that if Jorge Viafania isn't injured as much that Nico Hamelainen would see, be seeing a lot less time at, at left back than he currently is. Yeah, I, I totally agree here. And he's actually not an out and out first choice start for Finland because he's come on as in a relief role. I think, it, yeah, like you said, a half an hour and I think he's about like what eight or nine caps to his name. So he's, he's not out at first choice. That's good for the galaxy, but that's a long distance to travel. The good news, as opposed to this like, three game round in CONCACAF it's just double for UEFA and it's played on Tuesday right so even if he does go the full 90 against Borat's best 11 he's, he's going to be okay and you know it could be available for first choice because I you probably know better than I do I don't know what's going on with Villafania right now yeah, so just still injured. Uh, so he had the he had a similar injury to last time, and so the injury he had was he had some sort of hyperextension, but the hyperextension was so bad that the bones actually hit each other, right? And that gives him a bone bruise. Yeah. And so it's a bone bruise as the result of a hyperextension. And as we know about bone bruises are, they're not necessarily damaging, but they're very painful to play on. Yeah. And so it's one of those things until he can play in sort of pain pain almost pain free you can't really do mm -hmm. a lot to that and so they've been trying to get him back but i mean you know in one way i think you have to look at it and say you know vanny and, and company got it right in terms of going out and getting somebody like hamelinen which by the way we don't know the details of his loan with qpr 
Um, we don't know whether or not there's an option to buy. We really don't know anything about it. In fact, I, I know what's being kept out of us discussing it. Um, so uh, it's it's just an interesting sort of thing. And we know he was in MLS before and playing with LAFC, but never really played that much for LAFC. But now getting a lot more playing time with the LA Galaxy. I think that there are positives to his game. There's a lot of negatives to his game, too. He's a very positive player in terms of he likes to move forward. Uh, his defending, though, and being he is a defender first is something that I think requires... Or, or still, there's a lot left to desire there from him. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. I like the defensive side that, that Jorge brings. He's he's good at tracking. The, those bone bruises are tough. Anytime you put that weight on there, it's immensely painful. He's been so durable, Villafania, and I think the, the miles are starting to add up on him. And, you know, Hamelinen's tailed off just a little bit here in the last, you know, four or five games or so. I thought he started well, so... It, that's an interesting little conundrum, but it's nice to have a little bit of depth out there, and uh, we'll see how uh, Greg approaches this. Yeah, it's uh, he's sort of always the the question mark. But I mean, honestly, you have Danilo Acosta, who also is available at that position, but hasn't mm-hmm. seen much time at all. Actually, getting some time in the national team, maybe maybe there's something that Greg sees in in his time against Mexico, where they got B three nothing and got subbed out at the first half. Maybe there's some redeeming qualities. I didn't watch him play, so I can't tell you that you know, hey, it was all his fault. Yeah. He was the reason that they gave up three goals. Could be, and maybe that that means he won't see any more time for the LA Galaxy the rest of this year. Um, but it, it's just, there's not a lot of choices over there right now. And it's mm. narrowed down by the fact that Viafania is not a hundred percent. So, um, you know, I, I, I still feel, and we're going to go over some, some defensive stats here that, uh, are, are crack as, as Larry's team, our cracked, uh, research team. And I say cracked, uh, research team, uh, came up with. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, let's get to, uh, some of the, some of the other guys I want to talk about, uh, Revelison, uh, played for Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, Madagascar had not won a world cup qualifier until they won, uh, this last game against the, uh, democratic Republic of the Congo. They had played them at, uh, the DRC, um, and they lost two to nothing. He Revelison started, went 90 minutes for that. We told you, I think about that on Thursday, uh, then played, mm-hmm. played yesterday. Uh, yeah, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I caught it after I'd been done working out and I was, I, I hopped out of the shower and I, I turned on my phone on ESPN plus and you can watch, um, the African qualifying on ESPN yeah. plus. So I flipped it up real quick and there there's Revelison coming out and, uh, actually Madagascar. So I saw Madagascar score their only goal of this game, which ended up winning it. And it was like in the first three minutes of the game. So, uh, they went up one, nothing and then held off of uh, the, the democratic Republic of the condo uh, Congo, but, uh, Revelison now 90 minutes and 90 minutes he's done. will head back to the United States. But if you remember, he's one of the guys who was not available because of quarantine reasons last time. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know if any of that has been rectified any situations have changed. So we do not know. And there's a chance that he might not even be available for Saturday's game, even if he comes back. So Josh, you know better than I do. I mean, was there in second game? I think they had one against Benin that was coming up either today or tomorrow. So he's not going to feature oh, so, for that. Yeah, he might not see. I have it at 10, seven and 10, 10. I didn't see another one, but there yeah. is. A, are they in there in a three set too? Aren't they? I think so. Yeah, so, I, I think they have one coming either today, but I could be wrong. I don't know, but I mean, I'm just wondering because the fact that, you know, you're basically looking at a 7, 15 to 18 hour flight. It's a ridiculous. From Africa it to is. make it here. So, yep. it, you know, a day difference makes a huge difference from a galaxy perspective, especially for a guy that plays such an important position for L.A. 
Yeah, uh, and he does. He absolutely sets it up. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at it. So I show their next one at 11-11, so November 11th. So they might only be in a two okay. set. So, um, and that's uh, Benin uh, <laughs> is that game. Yeah, so I, I believe he's actually should be on his way back. So uh, he needs to get back because I think that he's going to be in quarantine, and we'll see whether or not he's available to actually play Ooh. on Saturday. So that'll be... We need him. We need him so, especially against Portland. Yeah, and Portland. We'll we'll talk about Portland a little bit, I'm sure, throughout the show. But Portland's on an unbelievably good streak. They're they're winners of seven of their last eight. By the way, they're they're undefeated in those last eight games. The only one they've dropped yeah. was a draw. So um, they're they're not nobody to be messed around with. And I think earlier in the season, maybe the Galaxy matched up well against them. Uh, coming now into this part of the season, it would show at, at least on paper to be a little bit of a mismatch just in terms of uh, of the different things and, and where everybody's going. So Revelison will be one to watch. There is a, and uh, we'll just throw it in now, there is a media call scheduled for Thursday, um, which is good. Always like Thursday media calls. So that way we can actually talk about it on our Thursday night show. So yeah. that'll be our only media availability. There wasn't one last week because there was no game. So we didn't need to talk to anybody. So that's fine. Um, let's get through the last two players here. Um, the big ones, Sebastian Lejet for the United States. It's Jonathan Del Santos yeah. from Mexico. Uh, Sebastian Lejet did not play in the U.S.'s two nothing win over Jamaica. Uh, that was that was it. He was on the bench, um, but he did not yep. play, and that was fine. Uh, he started and went all ninety minutes at the at Panama, the one nothing loss. Um, listen, I have been a big Sebastian Lejet supporter in terms of the way he plays and sort of the way he does things, and I understand sort of the way he moves. And I will tell you that the game against Panama was absolutely a horrible game for him. So. <laughs> It was it was not a good game. If in fact he looked like LA Galaxy Sebastian Lejet a lot more than he did look like U.S. Men's National Team Sebastian Lejet. You know the guy who scores like once every four games for the U.S. Men's National Team is actually mm. a very dangerous player for the for the U.S. Men's National Team. So um, a lot of things not going right for Sebastian Lejet right now. I think you hope that uh, something shakes loose against Costa Rica if he gets some more playing time in that. Don't know that that's going to be the case after not playing very well against Panama, uh, but they have yeah. the the ten thirteen game versus Costa Rica coming up, um, and so that will be the uh, the game on Wednesday. So he'll do that, and then uh, he'll come back to uh, the LA Galaxy and should be available to play the weekend on Saturday. So, uh, but not a ton of minutes on his legs right now. I think maybe if you're an LA Galaxy fan, maybe you hope he doesn't play against Costa Rica, doesn't put any more minutes on those legs because he will be available uh, to play against Portland. And I don't know if Galaxy fans are excited about that or 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 not. So. Um, we'll, we'll see about that. Jonathan Dos Santos did not play in the one, one draw versus Canada on 10, seven. Uh, he was on the bench, was available for selection mm -hmm. that game. Then mystery thing happened. Uh, 10, 10 versus Honduras, Mexico wins three, nothing. We talked about that. He did not play and he did not mm -hmm. dress. He was not available. He wasn't on the bench. He didn't play. None of that. So I reached out to a couple people to sort of see if there was anything going on. I'm told there is no injury or anything. It's coach's decision. So I don't know if that's good or bad for Galaxy fans. Um, you're talking about with Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos, I will say two players who I think have underperformed this year for the LA Galaxy. And I feel like that form is now starting to affect their international uh, form as well. And so for Jonathan Dos Santos, for whatever reason, didn't play in the first game, didn't even dress the second game. Uh, it's a big question mark now about what you see against El Salvador. So uh, it's Mexico at El Salvador on 10 13. Uh, the only thing you're looking for than that is whether or not Jonathan Dos Santos is available, Christian, because you need to know something weird is either going on with the national team. Maybe mm -hmm. it is an injury and it's just something they're trying mm -hmm. to keep very low key and that type of thing. But um, it's certainly. It's certainly interesting to see Jonathan Dos Santos, who last year was a staple for the Mexican national team, has been for a while, 
doesn't even dress against a Honduras team. Maybe they decided they didn't need them, which they didn't. They won 3 nothing, And they're like, just take the day off. But still, that's not usually how that works in international soccer. You at least expect them to be on the bench. It's an interesting situation and, and not to be disparaging, but, you know, based upon current form, I'm puzzled why Tata Martino called him up and because he's certainly not international class, no disparaging him. I mean, but just being objective about it. And, and also, too, on the backside of that, there's always fitness issues with Jonah. And one wonders if something has popped up here because, you know, for the last two years, that's kind of been the underlying theme and the recurring theme of his career. And I, for me, one of the big reasons why he's underachieved, he just hasn't had a good run of games. And, um, I, I was, I was really surprised that Martino called him up. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause you look at, Sebastian. A, is it a reputation call up for me? It, it, yeah. I mean, he, based does, upon he, he does deserve he's done it. because based upon current form, he, I mean, there's better players on current form deserving a spot in that Mexico 23 or 18, I think, than Jonah right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that he has always shown that whenever he plays for, for Mexico that he plays well. And so it's it's one of those, it's like, yeah, you're going to call him up because you know that whenever he gets on the field, he knows how to do that. But, I mean, at the same time, something they must be seeing something in training or something that's going on right yeah. now that's saying that's not how I feel. And listen, I mean, Galaxy fans can tell that story the entire year, which is Jonathan Dos Santos has not been a shadow of himself uh, this mm -hmm. year is super quiet, disappears in games, doesn't impose his will sort of on things. And remember, this is after Revelison got brought in to allow him to get forward more. And we have yeah. seen none of that. We have seen zero zilch, nothing of that. So uh, listen, Greg Vanny has some things to figure out. I don't think he has incorporated Sebastian Leggett well into the formation. I don't think Sebastian Leggett understands what he what Greg Vanny wants him to do in that formation. I think that Leggett has felt a lot more comfortable under Greg Berhalter. But I was think I was listening to Paul Tenorio on uh, on counterattack on on Sirius XM. And, and Paul was saying, um, you know, basically is, you know, whenever the, he's asked to be the guy, um, like he was, uh, you know, over this, uh, over this weekend for the U S um, it, it's more difficult for him to play that position than if he's just a facilitator. Um, and I've always thought he played the facilitator role very well. I, I don't need Sebastian Lejet scoring 12 goals. I need Sebastian Lejet scoring three or four goals and assisting on eight to 10 more of those. I mean, that's what I'd expect from sort of a guy in the center of that playing more of, uh, the position the galaxy have zero of, which is that, that 10 role. Um, being a playmaker, yeah. creating, finding gaps in defenses, playing that ball in and, and doing those things. And and we have not seen that from either Jonathan Dos Santos, who has been put in a position to do that, or Sebastian Lejet this year. So Vanny has created either in his tactics or at least in trying to get these guys to understand things, sort of this hole in the center of the midfield. And it is one of the biggest problems the LA Galaxy have right now. I, I Spot on. I think you hit the nail on the head. There's For me, there's, there's been a huge vacuum really in the center of the park here. And I think that's where we've been overrun and really had a lot of problems because we're not seeing the box-to-box -box Jonah Dos Santos that we saw three years ago. And, and Sebastian, for whatever reason, has looked lost and really hasn't found his, really found his groove within this galaxy setup. And he's, he, you know, I was talking to Joe Tatino about this and, and we we're talking about what a polarizing figure, you know, Sebastian is, uh, you know, because we've seen him perform really well for the U.S., and then Galaxy, of course, in the Galaxy camp, there's a real divisive um, opinion about him. Are we going to see the Sebastian Legette from the U.S. men's national team? Are we not? And I, I, you know, we haven't seen the best of Sebastian in, in Galaxy colors. I mean, that I think that's safe to say. And if we're being quite frank and where he fits into the system for me is just a lingering question because this is a player that has ability. He is a linker. He can knit those lines together 
I don't think he's that direct presence. He's not that number 10, if you will. Um, I thought he might be, right. and I think he's more comfortable in the center of the park, but that's just not him. He's a linker. He he holds possession extremely well, and if you put him in his spaces, he can find spaces in gaps. So um, where he fits in from the future here is going to be really interesting, uh, and, and it also is going to be a central figure and a factor as the galaxy progress into season because he's such a big prominent player for them. Yeah. It's funny that these two have sort of had the same, same sort of type of season where they just haven't been that impactful and, and that they play in a similar position a lot of times too, with Jonathan yeah. Santos, Sebastian Legette. Um, you know, for me, I know Sebastian Legette, especially and and seeing us men's national team, Twitter overreact to everything, um, is always fun too. <laughs> um, but you know, there are a lot of people who say Sebastian Legette doesn't even deserve to be on this team. And that's just a wrong take just in terms of the, yeah. the amount that he's put in this year, even for the U S men's national team this year, um, has been a tremendous amount and, and the U S has, has benefited greatly from him being out there. The knock on him is his passing and his movement, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're talking about passing backwards or passing sideways. And I know galaxy fans feel that. Um, and I think this was the first time I've seen sort of quote unquote galaxy legit, uh, sort of hit the wall on the U S men's national team side of things. And so, um, you know, I was, I was running around doing stuff in the house whenever I was watching the game. So I can't say that I studied it you know, exclusively, but you could see that things were not clicking there. And there was a real problem, um, in that midfield. It, listen, there was a problem from that entire game. So that entire lineup did not gel well together. And they had a lot of problems moving through, um, through, through the midfield. So is it me, Josh, for me, Sebastian Legette is not going to be that direct threat. Like we were talking about, he's not the guy that's going to ignite your attack and be that catalyst. But what he can do, he adds a defensive element but he's also a guy that comes in and he can kill a game. Yes. Because yeah, he doesn't yeah. make mistakes. He doesn't put a lot of feet wrong. He doesn't put a foot wrong. And that's why I think he's at his best. If you're trying to ignite this side, and, 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 you know, especially in a direct counterattacking situation, that's not where he is going to fit in. If you're in control of this game and you want to put it off and, and kill off a game, then I think that's where he's at his best because he's great at holding possession. He's great at linking up. He's great at finding spaces. So... Uh, it's a, it's a real puzzling conundrum with him. But, but I mean, here's the, here's the rub on that, right? And I always say that, that deals always make sense, but you have to know how much things are costing in order for them to make sense. Right. So Sebastian, the jet being a guy who can come off the bench and kill a game is great at $350,000, dollars a year. It's not great mm-hmm. at as, as a TAM player who you're expecting to contribute greatly to the offense. And that hasn't been the case this year. Now the LA galaxy play well, I think his goals plus assists were still, you know, in the upper upper part of the galaxy lineup. Whenever you looked at it, his mm-hmm. goals, goals and assists per 90. So he still provides something to that attack. But I think I expected him to be able to exploit and, and, and be able to pass between lines a little bit better. And that's not what we're seeing right now. There is a lot of sideways it, stuff. I, sideways sometimes is yeah. fine. Sometimes backwards is fine. I'm, I'm not one of these people who sees the ball go, goes backwards and like falls off their chair angry. I'm like, no, um, because I think if you force a ball into situations too, Christian, that's worse in my opinion than passing the ball backwards or doing things. Now, if you look at the <laughs> the, the game that he played, um, you know, for the for the U.S. men's national team, um, he he ran away from space instead of into space. He ran away from space, and that's I don't think he does that with the Galaxy. I would actually say this performance is worse than I've seen him play than than Galaxy because a lot of times he will turn and find space and sort of try to move the ball forward and then not seeing any options move the ball sideways so for me I, I'm still like I said 
divisive. There's a lot of reasons that people mm-hmm. don't like Sebastian Legette. And there's a lot of reasons. One, one reason they don't like Sebastian Legette, obviously, is because um, he is good looking and he's on Instagram a lot. So people don't like that. About, <laughs> I, I mean, hate him. I yeah. hate him. <laughs> yeah, it's the same reason people hate me, uh, Christian. Is, I'm and, he good looking. And, he's, and he's with a pop star. And, and he's, he's lovely, wonderful, and which, which all pe- that. Which people will say is a distraction, right? Oh, that's too much. He can't yeah. handle it, the whole deal. They um, said that about Beckham, too. Yeah, that David could yeah. hardly play. You know, it was one exactly. of those guys. He wasn't even that good. Um, so anyway, so that's that's sort of where we sit. Just a little update and to close out sort of the international stuff. Um, there, the the one uh, and Johnny Perez is down with Galaxy Two, but has is is a first team member. Um, Johnny Perez actually made the Mexico U twenty squad, um, and he was in uh, in Spain for this tour that they were doing and they were playing. And so they played a couple different games. Uh, he actually played in this last game they lost, but he got to play. Um, and so that's a good sign. You know, we talk about good things whenever people play. Well, this is a good thing whenever whenever Johnny Perez plays. This is getting international minutes at a high level. Uh, mm. The entire Mexico squad now, that U-20 Mexico squad, will head back to Mexico and finish out the rest of the camp. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what we're at. Again, um, if you're looking at it, I don't see, you know, outside Revelison, who got 290 minutes in there, and he's at 180 minutes for the thing, and has, you know, an 18-hour flight and however long it takes. I mean, he's the one you worry about sort of the most with that. Jonathan Dos Santos not playing if he's going to play for the galaxy is fine uh sebastian legette only playing 90 minutes and that is fine uh nico hamelinen depends on how much many minutes he sort of finishes up with but you would expect that he will be available and be able to play on saturday although if i remember correctly he may also be one of the uh quarantine question marks about coming back as well so lots of little things to sort of pay attention to in this and uh we'll find out more on thursday so that'll sort of be the uh the 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 way that we'll be able to find out who's available, who's not available. So I'm sure I'll be on that call on Thursday. Um, we touched on it though, Christian. We touched on rotation of players. We touched on minutes, and we touched on a whole bunch of things. So uh, Larry went, and I asked Larry a question. I said, "Hey, Larry, has the LA Galaxy started uh, a repeat of a lineup anytime this year?" And Larry went through, and he says, uh, "He's this is his email to me." Sir, I like how he calls me sir. He's he's a very nice man. Uh, sir, from what I can determine, the Galaxy have not started the same 11 more than once this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have not repeated the lineup. And it's funny because most of us are probably sitting there going, well, I bet it was close, though. And it was close. There were a bunch of times where it's just one person who gets changed out and little things. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is there has been no consistency this year. Uh, and specifically when you look at the defense, that's where everybody wants to point fingers and question marks. And certainly for a defense that has been, um, as toothless as the LA galaxy's defense has been at times, <laughs> you, you could, I thought that was a good word, right? That's that, that makes sense. Um, you could ask questions about why we don't, why the galaxy don't have a more consistent back four. So, um, Larry looked up the back four and, and did this as well. He says, as far as the back four, four foursomes have started the same game three times, right? So basically those foursomes have started in a different role three times. So they're repeating some of those. Um, the best record, by the way, is Araujo, Depew, Koulibaly, and Viafania. Their win loss record is two, one and oh, uh, Viafania, Williams, Depew, and Araujo, their win loss record is one, one and one. Okay, Araujo, mm. Koulibaly, Williams, and Hamelinen, their win-loss record is 1-2-0. And then you have Hamelinen, Depew, Koulibaly, and Araujo, which is one of the ones that we've had most recently. Their, one, their win-loss re- record is 0-2-1. Okay, mm. so those are those ones, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then Larry goes on and says, one foursome of the back line has started the same game four times. 
Okay, so this is the most consistent the lineup at defense the Galaxy have had. They've done it four times. Fiafania, Williams, Steres, and Araujo. Their win-loss record, 2-2-0. Two, two, oh. two wins, two losses, zero draws. So we've seen this, and this isn't just so much in relation to the defense. Um, but when you see this and how much Greg Vanny has had to rotate, and, and by the way, I, I think the first question we have to ask, and it's coming up in World Cup qualifiers because of the three games, it's been coming up throughout the LA Galaxy season is, why does Greg Vanny rotate his players so much? Why are coaches rotating their players so much? And is there even a need to rotate those players? Christian, I mean, we talk about modern footballers. We talk about the limits to their, to their physicality, to their you know preparation for all these things. But three games in a week is a lot of you have miles. To rotate. You have to rotate, right? You have to rotate, period. I mean, you don't have a choice. The schedule is dictated, the coaching decision in this regard. And sometimes you can get away with a lack of rotation, I believe, in central defense where there's a minimal amount of running. But then you throw in the fact that there's been a lot of injuries back there, specifically with Derek Williams right now. And now we've had we've seen Sega go down, and he struggled with form. Nick DePew and, and Daniel Steris really haven't got themselves in the good books uh, Greg Vanny, I really haven't staked that out and out place in the center of defense. You and I have talked about this, and I, I know I've harped on. I, I don't think it's good enough collectively as a defensive unit, and, and the numbers back it up. Um, and for whatever reason that may be, I don't think it's solely the back line. I don't think it's a Jonathan Bond issue. This is a team effort throughout. They're not getting the cover in central midfield, which I think is as much of a hole going forward. It's also in the back, where the back four are just not getting the protection they need. Uh, let's be honest, we, we've got. You know, a 36-year-old Sasha Kleshin. We've got a 34-year-old Victor Vasquez. That's asking a lot of legs, and you're throwing out three games in eight days. I'm not saying they're going to go 90 minutes, but when you're relying on players of that age in this type of really compressed environment, that's a big ask. Yeah. And then you throw in the likes of Jonah Dos Santos, who hasn't been fit, and then we have a man coming back from an 18-hour flight from Madagascar, in my opinion, in Ravellison, who hasn't been the same Revelis that we saw in the summer ever since that first round of World Cup qualification began in early September. I don't think we're seeing the best of him. And I'm not expecting goals. I'm not talking about this from, you know, popping up on set pieces and goals. I don't even I can't I consider that gravy a bonus. I'm talking about exerting your control on midfield, strengthening grip, protecting your back for distributing, keeping possession, not giving the ball away, which, Josh, you've talked about a second ago. That is such a frustrating underlying theme right now. I think mm. we're seeing with this Galaxy team. I mean, they, they shoot themselves in the foot, and it's really frustrating to see. But when you, you, they put themselves under unnecessary duress, and I think that's evidence is why, you know, we've got the fifth worst defensive record in the league right now. Yes. And you're not going to win ballgames because you can't rely on outscoring your opposition going forward every game. You're not going to outscore. That just is not a sustainable model in the long term. It'll get you through patches. Right, like we saw earlier, and it'll get you through some games, and it's fun to watch. I love it as as a fan. I mean, it's fun to watch, but sustainability and a long term approach, you need to have it locked down. That's why they always say you build from the back. Yeah, you do, and and I think you touched on it too. Is the the fact that that midfield has been uh, absent at times really has put this this back four under under some mm -hmm. some pretty extreme pressure 
constantly. But it's not even that. It's that the back four has to be perfect, right? That's basically what the LA Galaxy are asking the back four to be right now is perfect. Not allow a goal um, because if they do, the LA Galaxy aren't winning that game. It's been proven over. They have one win all year whenever they have scored, uh, whenever they have allowed the first goal. That was the very first game of the season, by the way. So it's been a very long time since that's happened. And, by, and, and right now, the Galaxy have equally uh, scored the first goal and given up. It's 50-50. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of those games, right? And I don't think any Galaxy game this year has ended in 0-0. So I, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't think that happened, right? So they are split evenly right now between games they scored first in and games that they gave up the first goal in. And you can see that their record is moving more and more towards 500. I mean, they're at 500, right? This is one of those things that you you look at. A, it's like it's it, you look at it and say, well, that's not surprising at all. Again, the LA Galaxy, you want to talk about a 500 schedule? 11, 11, and 6. A 500 schedule you have, you know, and it's not because you have draws in there, but basically the draws plus those, those wins and the losses, 11 wins, 11 losses, everything has sort of equaled itself out. So listen, going back to the question is, do you rotate? Yes, you have to rotate. And you're right for, for all the reasons that you talked about. And so everybody who's saying, well, Greg just needs to play a consistent lineup from here on out. It's like you, you can do that, but you put a pretty serious risk on guys getting tired and making mistakes for that reason. Um, and so I think Greg is trying to really find the the people he trusts in the situations that he trusts and try to manage those the best he can. So you're starting 11. Everybody has this like ideal starting 11 in their mind. And most people, I think, in Galaxy Land go, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely 100%. You should start, um, you know, uh, Jovalich and Chicharito up top together. And it's like, you, you, you okay, so where do you go from that? And this is where I've said on the podcast now for months. Where do you go? How do you move away from that once you've started that way and know that it can't stay that way for 90 minutes because you don't have the horses to be able to play that system for 90 minutes? So you're going to eventually have to do something. So where do you go with that? Which is why Vanny more than likely says Jovalich comes off the bench because I can go into that set and and then work it if I have to. Um, and then he tries to put people in positions to succeed. I see him trying to do that. The problem is the mm-hmm. guys that he's trying to put positions in see Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Lejet aren't succeeding. Um, you know, yeah. he talks about execution being the biggest difference right now for the LA Galaxy, and it is. It's execution. They are not finishing the chances. And in some cases, they're. Cr- I have not had a problem even during this... Um, this winless streak that they're on. I have not had a problem in terms of their chance creation, maybe one or two games where they didn't play very well. And you're like, well, you're never going to get it done with that. I can understand that. But overall, especially in the last two or three games, the chances have been there. The finishing has not been there. Um, and so yeah. again, I don't know if this all goes into tired legs. And anytime I say that people want to scream, stop making excuses for the galaxy, but I'm, I'm a realist. So I will look at everything and try to determine what, what the reason is, but you can certainly see, look at the, look at that LAFC. You, you want to know why? And everybody sort of saw this. You want to know why that El Trafico was the worst El Trafico out of any of them was because it was the third game of the of the three in a week and the first half was amazing and it was exciting and it was end to end and everybody was sort of and then what happened everything it went out the air was done that was it nobody had any more legs everybody was tired game over thank you very much i mean yeah it was sloppy i i I would have a bone to pick with you i don't think they created enough against lafc but i'm 100 on the balance and and the gist of your point on board with that i thought it was great against rsl it's troubling that we're you know I mean, it's not, it's, it's obviously when Greg Vanny says he's not bothered by this and it was taking a lot of the positives from that loss to Real Salt Lake, you, the reason why is because the chances are there. And if you're creating chances, then that's all you can really ask. It's down to the players to finish it off. And, and Chicharito is at a bad patch right now. And we're not getting the goals from midfield that we were getting before, like we were getting from Ravellis and Legette chipping in. Cabral has 
more miss than hits. I know right. you would, you and Sophie talked about him. Uh, I'm with Sophie in this camp. I, I, I don't see it in terms of a long process with him, but that's one factor, one ingredient in a larger picture of things. Um, so the chance creation is there. They're, they will get those goals. And, you know, the question is, how do you get it right in defense? And when you were talking, I was thinking about this, you know, everybody has their ideal lineup and everything. Does Greg Vanny have his ideal back four? Does he have his ideal central defensive pairing if everyone's fit? I mean, he, I think he does. Well, I mean, I think he certainly has an Kuli, idea. I, for me, I, I see Koulibaly and Williams as yeah. the future. Yeah, but Koulibaly Kuli, Kuli, Kuli has been the biggest liability the yeah. Galaxy have had on the back line. And that's, I don't I care. Agree. You could roll out stairs into Pew right now, and I would feel better about that than I would about Koulibaly being out there. And listen, Williams supposedly closer to being healthy now. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him against Portland, which will be mm-hmm. fun to watch as well. But I mean, he hasn't had the minutes. So everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, good thing is uh, American Blue says we solved all the galaxy problems while we were gone. So that's good. Uh, good. We're done. We're, we're done here. We can we can wrap it so up. So long, Josh. <laughs> yeah, we're out of here. Uh, but yeah, complete power outage. The wind is blowing here um, in in or- in the OC where I'm at. So it wouldn't surprise me that we lost everything. Um, but it was completely out. Everything was gone. They were say- we were talking about Koulibaly. Thank you. Thank you, Roger, for, for helping out. Yeah, we, we were talking were. about the back four, weren't we? Yeah, we were. So we were going there. But um, if, if you look at it for me, I mean, I would think that Koulibaly would be... Koulibaly and Williams are clearly the guys that, that Greg Vanny wanted in terms yeah. of going out to get. So you could understand it. But for me, I'm starting stairs into Pew. All right. Mm-hmm. I know everybody would be like, how dare you do that? And the whole deal. Listen, I I'm convinced that the guys who have played together the most are the guys you should play. Um, and to me, these guys have, have been around each other for a little while. And when nothing has been working and now you're going to try to go back to a Williams Koulibaly center back that hasn't really had that much time playing time either. Are you going to go to Depew uh, back with Koulibaly again uh, for Portland? I mean, I could see Vanny doing that. It's just, you need to stick with something in there. And even if it doesn't work, you need to stick with it at this point. You know, six games remaining. You need to build something there. And I, I don't know if you constantly um, going through things, you know, hey, well, you know, it, you can't just constantly keep changing things and expect it to settle. And win. That that in that position, that partnership is so important. And you only, you know, they say stability is the cornerstone of success. And with those two, they need familiarity to build that stability. You have and the only way you get that is through games and you can't continually to rotate because you just don't slot in and play and form a partnership. Very rarely does that happen to a successful level. The best partnerships are ones that are developed over time and they need time. I think you're spot on about that. And you know, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to argue against the Depew-Steris argument. I, I, I'm really with you. I think, I don't think there's that much difference between Steris and, and Koulibaly right now. Um, I personally don't understand all the, the, the criticism that Steris takes on a lot of uh, online forums. I think he's, I don't think he has been as bad as been vilified. He hasn't been outstanding, but I, to be honest with you, but I don't, I don't understand the criticism of him. But yeah, I mean, I, Josh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm bored with you. I mean, think in terms of when you look at that raw center back and raw, what you want out of a, a central defensive partnership, you think Williams and Koulibaly, they have the athleticism, they've got the European experience. Um, but when I see performances on the pitch, it's, it's really hard to argue. Depew has had some moments. I, I mean, he's not a long-term fix for me and, and not the future, but in terms of what's best available right now, it's really hard to argue against that. It's, uh, 
it, it's been a difference in the, and the galaxy haven't had it since AJ and Omar, really the complementary pieces at center back, right? The, yeah. the ability to have the physicality that you get from Omar Gonzalez with the technical ability that AJ, yeah. I mean, listen, Omar was not, and is not a good tactical player. I will argue that forever and ever and ever. He switches off in positions that he shouldn't. And mm. so he needs somebody who was always capable of sort of figuring out when he was going to switch off and being able to make up for that. And that was AJ. Um, you know, for, for me. And so AJ didn't have the physicality, but had the smarts to be able to shut down some of the best players in the world and had and did on several occasions whenever they played some of those friendlies and different things like that. So, um, you know, I think my biggest regret is that AJ De La Garza didn't play uh, for the national, for, for the United States national team. And I think he was, he, he, he didn't have the size for it, but he had the technical ability to do it. I think he got one cap and then made his one time switch to Guam. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, so he did get to play national team football with Guam and that's good. And I'm glad that has, but I mean, realistically, I, I think as, as Americans and certainly in MLS Christian, so often you want the big body and the big bruiser. I mean, everybody's saying yeah. you need the yellow Van Dom right now. You need somebody who's got, well, Williams is that guy. He's the guy who mm-hmm. can be the bruiser. So who's going to be the technical guy? Guess what? It's not cool right. about it. Um, and I, I, that's where Williams comes in. So Williams can, I mean, but who's, I mean, so are you going to put, you know, Depew in there? Are you going to put stairs in there? I mean, how do you do that? Do you play three in the back and go with three center backs? I honestly think some of the best time the galaxy have played defense this year has been a three center back set, yeah. but that also puts you in a different formation with the wing backs on the outside. Julian Araujo is a perfectly capable wing back. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Hamelinen's probably a better wing back than he is a left back. So that makes sense. I mean, you have some, so I mean, does Greg throw it all out there? That really changes your midfield though. And it limits the choices that you have in midfield whenever you go to the, to the mm-hmm. wing back set. And then what are you going to do it forward? And that limits your, your, some of your choices up there as well. So there's some smart ways to sort of go about this. But for me, uh, Vanny needs to pick one. And he needs to sort of sit there. And especially that center back pairing or three center backs, right? If you have three, you need to pick them and you need to start letting them sit together. Six games left in the season, um, you know, starts and stops and everything else, international breaks and all this other crazy stuff that's happened in between. Um, But it's time to settle on something and point in a direction. A hundred percent needs to. Yeah. And I'm really interested to see how Williams will fit into the scheme if he does come back fit and then, what decision is made because so much is riding on that position. And for me, you always have a symbiosis of central defenders. You've got a destroyer and you've got a distributor. And like you said, Omar wasn't the most tactically disciplined player. He couldn't play himself out, but AJ was there for that. AJ didn't have that type of physicality and that really dominating, destroying presence. I think you get that with a Koulibaly. I think you can get that with a Steris as well. Distribution lacks. When you play with three at the back, you've got to be able to have ball at feet. Um, and that's you don't get a lot of that with Jonathan Bond either in a supporting role. So that's something to consider. Um, and then the, when you play with wing backs, you've got to have two strikers or do you not? I mean, you know, you want to go with a 3-5-2. Or do you go with a 3-4-3 and bring Cabral into the mix and, and Jovalich? It, it does change. It throws, us a, throws a lot of wrinkles. I don't I don't have the answer to it. I mean, I know I just know that what we're seeing right now is not the finished article and that's fine. Progress, like you and Sophie were saying, I think progress is being made in the in the grand scheme of things. Even though the numbers the numbers are what they are, you know the defense is bad, and, and, and we're on par to a 2019 campaign, and you know we're on the verge of equaling our second worst winless run in history. I, I don't believe in numbers. I, I I believe in the eyeball test, and I think they are heading in the right direction here. And but you have to make a choice, especially now because you can't chop and change at this point of the season. When you've got games coming thick and fast like that, but that three back back setup, I I really like that idea. I think they could really, really 
add a twist here and it can really change the complexion and really throw a monkey wrench yeah. to a lot of opposing teams. Yeah, well, it, it's something you haven't seen a bunch of. The LA Galaxy have gone to it when they've needed to. Um, yeah. You know, it's sort of like the 4-4-2 as well. You know, they've gone to it when they've needed it, um, but it, it hasn't always been. I, I think it's been more successful, quite honestly, just be the situation. Listen, the Galaxy are better, in my opinion, whenever they are are, are forced into counterattacking positions, trying to strike quickly, that, that type of thing. And that also relieves pressure off the defense as well, whenever you're able to sort of strike that, but not at, not for long periods of time. Now, listen... If the Galaxy get ahead of people, they're great at killing off games. They can pass pass the ball mm-hmm. around and do all sorts of stuff. And as long as you're not moving to dangerous p- places, um, they're fairly comfortable in possession for that. So, I mean, you know, it's so stupid. We've been talking about it for probably more than a month now. But you have to score the first goal if you're the LA Galaxy, if you want to be successful. If they started doing that, if the Galaxy started scoring the first goal, they could actually make a deep run into the playoffs and finish off the rest of the season with like six straight wins. They could absolutely do it because they have the... I think mm. the mentality to be able to do it, but they have to get it and they haven't been getting it. They haven't been getting the breaks. They haven't been doing all those things and they have been quote unquote unlucky in some ways in some of those yeah. things. Right. And so all that adds up though. Right. And, and uh, I don't know it was somebody was saying, Oh, but you know, uh, good teams make their own luck and it's true. Good teams yeah. absolutely make your own luck. And so the galaxy are not a good team, uh, but guess what? There aren't a bunch of good teams in Major League Soccer right now. So it's not like some of the, it's not like I'm sitting there saying, oh, well, there's a whole bunch of better teams in the Western Conference than the LA Galaxy. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. If we look at the Western Conference and just in terms of where it is, um, I will tell you this out of the last 11 games, the LA Galaxy have the second fewest points out of those last 11 games. Okay. So only Dallas has fewer points than the LA Galaxy over the last 11 games. If you shorten that up and make it like five games, uh, they end up being the worst. Uh, but I just wanted to sort of, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Galaxy have not been playing well. We know this. This is not surprising. Um, but I also sit there and say, well, I don't know that there are a whole bunch more teams here that are absolutely 100% better than the LA Galaxy. I think there's a lot of teams that are sort of in the same position as the Galaxy, which they're, uh, they're not. Um, they're not consistent. They don't put forth some consistent efforts. Um, and because of that, the Galaxy are are in this sort of this locked in. The guy with teams like Real Salt Lake, uh, LA Galaxy, Minnesota, Vancouver, LAFC, even San Jose is still in this discussion mode up to a certain thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you got from, from the Western I, Conference? I see the top four are in a different class at this point. Um, Portland, to me, is a different class. Um, they have really switched into high gear. Well, I know we're going to talk about that Portland game, which scares the you know what's out of me. Yep. Um, because I really rate this Portland team very highly. But th- for me, you look at spots five through eight, that's where it comes down to. It's a four horse race for three spots right now. And you look at those teams, you know, those four teams are separated by a matter of two points. You look at the schedule here Portland, away to Houston, and away to, or at home to FC Dallas. You got to think two of those three games possibly seven points out of a possible nine in a good case scenario. Right. You have games away to sporting. You have games away to Seattle. That doesn't look too promising at this point. And then for me, Josh, when you look down the line of the schedule, there's Minnesota United FC. And yeah. to me, I, I, all, I see it in the crystal ball. I feel it. It's going to come down to that game. The final game. The, the LA Galaxy play. Yeah. The play Minnesota that final game. Um, I went through and looked at the schedule coming up this weekend as well. Just, again, you look at the Galaxy schedule and, and like you said, Portland, away at Houston, uh, host Dallas, uh, away to Sporting Kansas City. I mean, you know, you can pretty much, pretty quickly check off Sporting Kansas City and Seattle games as games that you're going away to as losses. Um, so I don't think that that would surprise anybody um, whenever you look at these last six games. The two of those games for sure are already losses and 
hey, maybe they'll surprise somebody. Maybe those teams won't be as motivated because they've already clinched playoff spots, which Seattle right. has clinched a playoff spot already. First one in the Western Conference to do that. Uh, Sporting Kansas City can clinch this weekend. Um, so, you know, you can sort of look at these things. Maybe there's a hiccup in some of this. Maybe the galaxy find form. Maybe fairy dust falls from the air and sprinkles across the field. <laughs> you know, how, however you want it to happen, There are this is MLS, it's still unpredictable, but you look at yeah. that schedule and you can't say, um, that, you know, you're thinking, oh yeah, this is absolutely one of those things. Now a pack schedule coming up on Saturday, a cup, only two games on Sunday. Um, and if I look at this, uh, some of the games that you're going to want to watch, uh, absolutely the, uh, number two sporting Kansas city in the Western conference versus number eight in the Western conference, Vancouver. This is big because as we talked about in the standings, um, we look at the standings, Vancouver is just two points below the LA galaxy. Now, all the results this weekend went the galaxy's way, Minnesota, you wanted to lose. Uh, they did. And by the way, everybody should be thanking Colorado. They went down a man and then scored three goals being down a man and ended up coming from behind and won three to one, I think at Minnesota, if I'm correct. Uh, mm-hmm. about that. So three to one. Uh, so that result went the way the LA galaxy wanted. And then the Vancouver game, which is one we expected. They were at Seattle. Um, they ended up winning. I think four to one was the final on that one. Um, so uh, Seattle did over Vancouver. So Vancouver didn't climb. Vancouver could have jumped the LA galaxy. Minnesota could have jumped the LA galaxy. The results went the galaxy's way. This has been happening throughout the season though, Christian. So the results going the galaxy's way is also a way of saying that the Western Conference is sort of this middling, weird, there are, as you said, top four, and then everybody else just shake them up and throw them in, except for maybe the Texas teams uh, being being the, the outliers in that and, and not necessarily uh, competing for this. But one of the games I highlighted was that number eight, Vancouver, um, uh, hosting Sporting Kansas City. So that's yep. one to watch because Vancouver has been playing better. Uh, yep. And it's a and it's on turf. It's in it's in Vancouver. Kansas City has to go up there. It's a longer trip for them. Mm-hmm. So that's something to watch. Then you have unfortunately you're going to have to watch the number seven versus number thirteen game, which is Minnesota versus or at uh, uh, Austin, right? So seven for thirteen. This that's a game Minnesota should win. Um, they're at Austin though. Maybe they'll screw up. But most teams go in there except for the LA Galaxy and get a win. Um, against Austin so far this year. So that's one you have to watch. Uh, we already talked about Vancouver. You have to watch, unfortunately, this is, this is, I think this is the one where galaxy fans are like, could, could maybe the earth just open up and swallow this game? Uh, you're <laughs> going to have to watch LAFC versus San Jose. No, uh, I don't. Yes, you do. Because both of those teams are within a reach's distance yes. of being in the playoffs. So nine versus 10 there. Um, and so those are the games that I looked at and said, you have to watch these games this weekend because these are the games that can affect the LA galaxy. There are more games than you'd like to be watching at this point in. Yeah. I, in for me, I, I, I think LA at FC and San Jose are out of the picture right now. I mean, you've got a claim there where they, they, of course, mathematically they're within a shot. Realistically, I, I see it down to the Vancouver situation, but Vancouver to RSL, RSL is, is the jackal of this whole bunch where, you know, they're the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team in, in, in the country for me right now. And, you know, all credit to them. They've, they've got their 39 points and level with us right now. Um, but they're one of those four teams for three spots. But Vancouver, I mean, is playing a lot better football right now since they've gotten rid of Mark Dos Santos and Vanny Sartini has come in here and really put a good run of form together where I think they've won like six of their last 10. This is not the same Vancouver that really actually has given us fits and has kind of hit our funny bone a few times and then you throw in Portland which is playing some fantastic ball Real Salt Lake hit or miss and then Minnesota I think is a team that can defend um, really well and that's where I think they've got an edge on a lot of us where they can they can kill off a game if they're on their day 
the schedules are really interesting because you, if you look at it, obviously six games remaining, and, and you talked about that Austin game from Minnesota. They have a an away they have a game at home to Philadelphia, four games after that on the twentieth, and that's the only team outside of the Western Conference that they will face. And obviously they want the points, right? But it doesn't come at the cost of their opponent, so there's no six point swing basically, and that could have a big factor to play. Then they play LAFC away to Vancouver. Sporting is going to be a tough ask for them at home. And then, as I mentioned, the big game against LAFC. Vancouver have a little bit better of a run-in, very similar. It's hard when you look at the schedules of those three teams. I'm throwing Real Salt Lake out the window because I can't get my head wrapped around him. Right. But if you look at those three teams, it's hard to give a nod or an advantage to any of these two or any of these three right now as to where the strength of schedule and the caliber of opponent and based upon current form. It's a, it's an interesting one. Dallas. By, yeah. Dallas, by the way, is the only team in the Western conference, not playing. And they this are better weekend. than their record. They are. They absolutely Houston, are. And we know Houston, Josh, I mean, you know, <laughs> you've been part of this. I mean, good Lord. I mean, they are our bogey team. Yeah. Basically. Well, well, uh, so as it stands right now, the only team that the LA galaxy for sure didn't lose to this season is LAFC. All right. They didn't lose a single game to him. Everybody else except for Houston has been taken care of. They have beaten the L.A. Galaxy this year in the Western Conference. So every other team in the Western Conference has beaten them except for LAFC and Houston. And they have to go at Houston in a game that, quite honestly, if you're a Galaxy fan and you believe this team can make the playoffs and do things that you need to see them get points out of. They can't go down to Houston and roll over. And Houston should be dead by the time that they get there yeah. as well. I mean, there's not much Houston is playing for with 27 points, 12th place in the Western Conference, playing for pride, but how much pride do you really have? Their stadium is usually empty. Um, it's not a happy place to be right now for Houston Dynamo. And by the way, all three Texas teams, 11th, 12th, and 13th in the Western Conference, the Galaxy got beat by Dallas and got beat by Houston, um, so or Austin, and now they have the chance to, to, to hopefully not lose to Houston. Is it me, Josh? And I, I was thinking about this too. How many pedestrian teams lower than us in the table have really served as a huge slice of humble pie? The Galaxy of them. have not performed against teams that are, when you consider it in the table, lower caliber opposition. We, I think you and Panda talked about it earlier, about two or three months, or about two or three episodes ago, where you know three times the Galaxy have lost to the last place team in the Western Conference. You cannot allow that to happen. And that's that's where you kind of throw, you know, where where's the rhyme or reason in this, where you, we look at the strength of schedule and, you know, Houston, we think it's going to be three points on paper. Well, we no, no, that's not the case. That's not going to be an automatic. And then you throw in with FC Dallas when you've got a match winner who's on fine form, like a Ricardo Pepe right now. Who knows what's going to happen? We know what he did last time against us. Yeah. So that that's, that's troubling to me. When you cannot rise your performance elevate your performance against teams that are of lesser caliber and lower than you in the table. That is really troubling right now. I don't think that's the case against the better teams. Personally, I think the Galaxy, like the Galaxy will be first to point out against Sporting Kansas City early this season. I thought they had one of their best performances, even though they didn't get any uh, share of the points. So yeah, those games against lesser caliber opposition are what really are concerning. I, I will I will tell you this to make you feel better. Um, the Galaxy also don't win against teams that are above them in the standings either. So I, I'm, quite honestly, I'm trying to figure out where all the wins came from because whenever I start yeah. talking about all these losses, I mean, there's been 11 wins. There's also been 11 losses and there's been six yeah. draws. And by the way, the Were Galaxy... Were punching above our weight uh, earlier this season? Or did, did the Galaxy... think we are? I mean, that's that's. That I was thinking about that. 
Are, were we punching above our weight or yes. were we performing where we were? I mean, so, so two things can be true. And I think that they're both true. The galaxy were overperforming. Um, and certainly if you look at stats, I believe that that is correct. And, and you can say they got lucky, but, and you can also call them character wins, however you want to call that. Yeah. But, um, they were, they were, they were overperforming basically their stats in the first half. Actually, it's more than that. It's like the first two thirds of the season that galaxy actually played pretty well. Um, this yeah, they're winning games they shouldn't have won. They did, and and so you look at those, and now you look at them, and now they're underperforming their stats. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have been in these games. They have been the dominant force in some of these games coming up, uh, and they haven't been able to put the game away. They haven't even been able to get points out of them, um, especially that RSL game is certainly a, yep. a good one to look. I mean, even Austin, I know the Galaxy didn't play great, but they yep. played good enough to put balls in the back of the net, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, LAFC in the first half, I thought the Galaxy were a dominant pretty scary force against LAFC in that first half. They shrunk away from it in the second half a little bit. And by the way, LAFC didn't exactly elevate their game in that. It wasn't like they were yeah. going out there for blood either. They were trying to survive with the draw and they did. Um, so, you know, you can look at this and say it's, they're both true overperforming and underperforming and they're mm -hmm. underperforming through these, you know, last nine games and it's winless in nine gonna could be winless in 10, which would be the second longest streak. The 12 game winless streak is the longest one um, in galaxy history. And that 12 game winless streak came in 2008, uh, 2007 had a 10 game, which 21 would match 2017, sorry, 17, not 2007. Um, so, you know, these are the sort of things that you have to put into hey, the one thing you haven't seen from the LA galaxy this year which I'm sort of sitting here saying, when do you get to see it? Is not just going on an unbeaten streak, but going on a winning streak. The Galaxy haven't gone on a winning streak mm -hmm. this year. Um, I believe the longest uh, single season win streak this year has been two games. So the Galaxy have only won <laughs> two games in, in any sort of stretch. So it's sort of the one thing. I've seen a little bit of the losing streak. I've seen a, a, the un, the unbeaten streaks. I've seen, yeah. you know, the winless streaks. I've seen all those streaks. And if this is an inconsistent team, which we expect them to be, then if it's all going to equal itself out and we expect the Galaxy to sort of be in that four to six range, then they have to win some games down here at the end of the season. And that's what should be happening. And the stats are pointing to that. The performance and talking to players is all pointing to that, Christian. But... Ultimately, you have to play the game. Ultimately, goals have to be scored. Goals have to be stopped. Those things have to play themselves out. And so, you know, somebody said, well, what are the chances the Galaxy win the next six games? I, there's a chance. In fact, if they get hot, I could see them just suddenly filling with the confidence that they've been missing these last, you mm. know, three or four games. But hey, Christian, could I see the Galaxy going winless for the rest of the season as well? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Tell me there's tell me there's a cakewalk in there. Tell me there's an absolute win. Tell me the Galaxy have been able to do anything that is absolutely a win this year, right? Have you ever gone into a game being like, absolutely, the Galaxy should win this game? You did earlier in the season, but they were overperforming earlier in the season. We were all on this false height that was sort of building. Mm -hmm. And the thing, and by the way, me too, I, you look at it and you say, okay, I see that they're not playing great, but they're getting the wins. And you know, eventually, yep. eventually this team is going to build into that, Christian. Eventually they're going to build into a better team. Well, what's happened? Everybody's come back. Jonathan Bond talked about it on Thursday. Everybody came back. Right. Every, what we, we, everybody was waiting for. Oh, man, Galaxy just need to get all their players back. And then once they have them all back, things are going to really start clicking. So the fact that they made it to a certain point without all their players and yeah. then get to this point and you're like, oh, well, they got them all back. Jonathan Bond said it's weird because it seems like as soon as we got all our players back, that that's when we started to stumble. And it doesn't make Freddy sense. Irony. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. If 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 you're sitting here explaining that at the beginning of the season, saying, "Oh, well, the Galaxy will play better without all their best players," and then whenever they get all their best players, they'll be worse. That doesn't make mm -hmm. sense in terms of how things should go. 
Um, so yeah, I mean that that's sort of I wanted to sort of touch on the schedule. I wanted to get that stuff, but I mean yeah. you can't look at the next six games and predict anything in there that even approaches uh, I think a reasonable guess because I can see all the different options. And after that game against Real Salt Lake, I, I and I mean, you and I have text and we we talk. I, I've thrown I, I mean you're a fool for trying to prognosticate with this team right now because they, they were underperforming, but getting better results than they probably should have in the first few games. A lot of that's down to having a match winner like a Chicharito who's gone off color and then had those injury problems. And then a game against RSL is really a microcosm where you know you, you were the better team. How they came away with nothing out of that is beyond me. And, and you know they they played them off the park in, right. in large stretches and they had their chances, didn't take them. So yeah, um, it, there's also another theme here. I mean, besides the defensive miscues, and I'm not here to poo-poo on it, but the application has been it's not a shortage of application, in my opinion. This team grafts, they hard, they're giving it everything they've got. And and that's where I think they will come good out of this stretch eventually, because that is a, a an underlying theme that is a constant, I believe, with this team, that there is no shortage of application. Yes, it's been misguided. Yes, they've shot themselves in the foot. There's been silly errors here and there. Chance after chance after chance hasn't been taken. Um, and there's also you know underlying resonating problems namely, you know, from a defensive standpoint that are going to persist. But I think application is one of those things that we should acknowledge from this team, because even, you know, when they're out of gas against LAFC and they, you know, it wasn't pretty to watch. It was not from a shortage of application whatsoever. And I think that for me, that's where you look at a manager and say, when you're on a winless run, everybody looks to the manager. Right. And these people that are shouting for Greg Vanny's head to me are absolute morons. Right. Because the man, it, when you're getting the application, that is a sign that the man management is there and they're listening to him and they're adhering and heeding his call and his advice and his, and he's motivating when they're come out and they come out flat and, and you, and you're not getting the application, then that's when you really got to start to worry because when the performance is matching the results, that's when the alarm bells go off. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not worried about that in that regard. And I know that, that the right man is in charge. I, I really highly rate Greg. I think he's, a, I think he's a fantastic manager personally. Um, and to me, you know, I mean, it's, it's on the players. At this point, yeah, they are not getting it done. He has put them into positions to succeed. You, you can see, and they are flat out just not getting it done right the, now. The chances are being created, like we said. If you don't yeah. create the chances, then something else needs to change. But the ch chances are there. The finishing's not there. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping things up. I want to remind everybody: uh, Dignity Health Sports Park uh, put out the vaccine and testing requirements again coming up for Portland. Now, there was a Liga MX uh, game that got played over the weekend. Uh, from what I heard and what I saw uh, from people uh, uh, saying that they went to the game is that this system wasn't really up and running and that they weren't really enforcing any of the requirements that uh, that were supposed to be enforced during this. So remember, you have to have a vaccination card. You have to have a photo of a vaccine card. You have to have the digital uh, California State Health one or any other of those digital ones along with your valid ID to sort of prove that you've been vaccinated or you have to have a test within 72 hours. Uh, the, for this this exhibition game, I know the Galaxy were doing on-site testing. I believe they're doing that for Portland as well. If you're going to do on-site testing, I would encourage you to show up very, very, very early uh, to the game if you want to do all that and not be hassled. And by the way, everybody who's going to the Portland game, you want to get there early anyway 
because this is one, it's a Saturday night game. We expect a, a big crowd. I usually expect on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. games. Those are the games that get the biggest crowds. They always have consistently. So I expect that there's going to be 20,000 plus in the stadium to see uh, the Galaxy take on Portland. So you're going to want to get there early. Then you're going to have to go through all this other stuff that might also get in the way of that. So I think the Galaxy were requesting that for a 7 p.m. game time that you show up no later than 5 p.m. Just to give you a heads up of where everybody <laughs> was sort of saying uh, how early to get there. So they were saying 5 p.m. So 7.30, 5.30 We'll see as that sort of comes down. And again, we'll have a bigger preview for that on. on Are the gates opening up early, earlier than normal? I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe who knows? I I haven't seen that yet. We should get an idea of what that game is going to be like uh, before a Thursday show. So we'll have a little more information on that as we get a little bit uh, closer. Galaxy do have a media call availability coming up on Thursday. Uh, It's Greg Vanny plus the select player. So I don't know who that's going to be yet. Um, I'm sure we can try to figure that. Usually I can help select some of the players. So um, we'll see who ends up talking. Um, uh, you, you, you're, you're running this whole show now, aren't yeah, you? I, you know, that's, that's all I, that's, that's what I like to do <laughs> whenever I have a real job and I have to do other things and I'm like texting and doing other things about galaxy all the time. You know, I text you all the time. So, um, that's sort of, that's my, Oh, I, I have a 10 minute break. Let me think about something galaxy related. So that way I can not think about numbers <laughs> or something else that's going on. So, uh, it's my stress relief and my stressor at the same time. Uh, having, having the, uh, that's a the good, you know what, that's, you know what, that's football in a microcosm. It's out. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to go to the galaxy. I know I see fans all the time. I can't wait to go to the Galaxy game. They lost. Oh, they ruined my whole weekend. (laughs) Why do I do this? So true. I get it. I I 100%. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm like Sophie, so I you know as well. I trust me. I know that. Yeah, there's there's some there's some deep underlying problems with all that. So uh, for sure. Uh, All right. Uh, I think that about does it. Uh, nothing else really that I wanted to touch on today, but uh, hey, we survived a power outage. So, you know, hey, that's always a always. I think that's the first one ever in the history of Corner of the Galaxy, by the way, through how wow. through 13 seasons and almost, shocking. almost yeah, n- not shocking because there was no shock to, to have uh, almost 900 shows. So our first power outage. So congratulations, to everybody, for hanging on there with us and uh, and getting through that. All right. Anything else, Christian, you want to get to before uh, we Port get out of here? game? Huge, huge game. Have to start well. Got to get better from set pieces. Portland has a huge chink in the armor. They give up more goals from set pieces than anybody in this league. The Galaxy, for me, that that's one thing I wanted to touch on because I know you, you. I listen to these calls you have with Greg, and these short corners they drive me bananas. But I'm going to keep faith in Greg because he knows what he's doing and he's a smarter man than I am. Mm-hmm. I don't see it personally. Right. Get that ball in the box. That there is a massive, massive weakness there with Portland. Something I'd like to see us exploit when you talk about guys like we've got like a, a six foot five Nick DePew and Steris in there. We need to get goals. We need goals from supporting source because we're, you know, she's just struggling right now. So um, be weary of Portland. It's a team that is dangerous, mobile, lethal. Front four is just something that really scares me right now. This is a very good football team. All right. We will, uh, we will keep an eye on that. All right. Uh, Christian, tell people where they can find you. We'll go. Uh, C-Mile Sports over on Twitter. You can catch me on Pac-12 Network. And, of course, along with being Joe Tostino's stunt double, you can catch me over on occasionally serious XMFC when they take our games from the LA Galaxy radio stream, which you could also find on LAGalaxy.com and over on YouTube. So check us out. If you can't listen to Joe and Kobe, happy to have you have a listen. Please, please. <laughs> please, please listen. Please listen. No, Christian. Listen. Christian no does, one listens to me. Christian does a great job, uh, and so please check it out whenever you can. Uh, thanks for coming on, Christian. Certainly appreciate it. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Please head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com 
uh, where you can find all of our articles, all of our podcasts, all of our fun stuff right there. Cornerofthegalaxy.com will provide you coverage leading up to the Portland game coming up 7.30 p.m. Spectrum Sportsnet uh, this weekend. Uh, so it should be a huge game and uh, getting ready to close out the season. All right. For Mr. Christian Miles standing in for the traveling panda, I am Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.